Hi, I'm Sarah Manili, and this is Sustainably Speaking, the podcast aimed at raising awareness about the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, SDGs. These goals were adopted by the United Nations in 2015 as a universal call to action to end poverty, protect the planet, and ensure that by 2030, all people enjoy peace and prosperity. The SDGs call upon all countries to come together in a global partnership to improve health and education, tackle climate change, and much more. In 2021, Georgian College in Ontario, Canada officially joined the global movement of United Nations Sustainable Development Goals by signing the SDG Accord. This podcast is dedicated to sharing the importance of making positive change in the world. We will share inspiring stories of organizations and individuals who are taking strides toward meeting these goals. And through these stories, we hope to inspire you to take up the challenge as well. Join us in our mission to make a difference and create a better future for our planet. Welcome to today's episode of Sustainably Speaking. Today, I am with Brooke Taylor from Trail Estate Winery, and we are going to hear all about um, Brooke's background as well as her role at the winery. So, Brooke, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, you know what? Why don't we just start out right at the beginning, and you can tell me a little bit about your background and your education and what your focus is at the winery. Yeah. So really, I think my passion for sustainability ignited in my grade 12 world issues class. I got to do a project on the world water crisis and kind of the privatization of water. And that got me thinking of, you know, other natural environments that are being privatized and that should be human rights to have. So that got me thinking in grade 12, what am I going to do with my life? And uh, Ryerson University, now Toronto Metropolitan University, came out with a new program called Environment and Urban Sustainability. So it was a mixture of urban planning and environmental sciences and how those two meet. So planning urban environments with that ecological view, which I thought was really great and informative. In my last two years of that university, I was really focused on urban agriculture. I worked on a pilot project to put green roofs and urban gardens on co-op buildings to try and build community as well as localizing food networks. So, yeah, that got me. That is so cool. Yeah, it, it was interesting to know that people in urban centers don't really know where their food comes from. So after university, I started working for a nonprofit called the Bowery Project, and we made milk garden farms, farm plots on vacant spaces, and then I ran gardening workshops for the people in the surrounding communities in the city of Toronto. How did people sign up for this type of thing? Like, was it something that they, you would have a a specific group that would sign up for a certain number of weeks? Yes. And so like at summer camps, we had come in, um, and then the surrounding there was a women's shelter that would come and then we would donate the produce to them as well. So it was really just like the surrounding community of the garden, any group that, you know, we could get to come and help us and educate. We did. I love that. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. And then from then I went to an eco school in the Panamanian jungle and got my sustainable agriculture certificate. So I was working on a permaculture farm. We were completely off the grid and like learning about tropical agriculture, efficient compost systems. So yeah, I'm very focused on sustainable agriculture. Um, how long were you there for? So I was a student for the first semester, four months, and then mm-hmm. I went back. That was in 2017. And then I went back in 2019 and actually taught the program for four months. 
Oh, that is incredible. It was nice to actually teach, you know, 18-year-olds and like my passion and pass that on. And I know that some of my students are doing really cool stuff now, like their own urban gardens that they're building and gardening workshops and even turning like their houses into cool little eco farms. So wow, fun that we got to do that. And then I was running a landscaping business in Toronto when I came back, trying to take away front lawn culture, like the big, you know, it has to be this perfect green grass and it's terrible for the environment. So uh, I created a landscaping company that would take away the front lawn and then we implemented pollinator gardens and for rainwater catchment gardens. During the pandemic, I just, it was a struggle to have, you know, my employees come and work with me and do these projects. So I, you know, went back to school and I thought I could apply my sustainable agriculture background to something else. I'm from Niagara. I've always been around grape growing and wine. So taking the winemaking and viticulture program just felt like a natural progression. With your landscaping business, we we are trying here at the college to take on that mentality as well. We talk a lot about how it doesn't have to be perfect and beautiful. What it really should be is you, pollinator gardens, things that will pr- you know promote these pollinators. We have these big, huge spaces. Let's make them environmentally friendly. It's important to us too. Yeah. And also like water runoff, especially in urban centers like Toronto, having these just like basic green lawns, they're not helping with the water runoff at all. Right. So we see like the Don Valley flooding and it's because there's nowhere for the rainwater to go. It's okay. just getting pushed into the sewer system. So building gardens and having root systems in the ground that can hold on to that water is really special too. So that's a big deal with building gardens. Well, you know what? This is a good information. I mean, we in, in hospitality, tourism, and recreation, we also have a vegetable garden and fruit gardens that, we, that we've that we created on campus. And so it's always good to know different things, the different ways in which to do it. The very skilled people that work on that, um, they're always looking for new and innovative ways to, to do things. This year, they put in a drip irrigation system to try to help better water um, as opposed to watering from above and that kind of thing. But I know they'd probably love to speak with you. <laughs> That would be really fun. I should come out there. Oh, that would be great. We would absolutely love to have you. That would be great. Um, And so, yeah, I went to school uh, for winemaking and viticulture. I want to see how we can apply sustainable agriculture in viticulture. And now I work here under Mackenzie, who is the head winemaker and vineyard manager here. And I am the assistant winemaker and vineyard manager. Can you just tell me a little bit about what that role would, I mean, I'm sure there's a million things that you do, but just like kind of an overview. So we, we follow the vineyard from uh, the beginning of growing season until harvest and then processing all the grapes, putting that stuff into barrel, bottling the wine. And also we protect our vines with geotextiles. We can get into that more when I talk about our sustainable agriculture practice. Yes, I'd love to. Yes, but so that's a big job. Uh, So we put them on um, after harvest, so beginning of November, and then we take them off mid-April, which is a very big project that we do. But yeah, I do everything. (laughs) I don't really know how else to... (laughs) So it's a small business and a small operation, so we really, yeah, we do everything. We take care of the farm and we make the wine and bottle the wine and the wine up. All the steps. Okay, that's amazing. 
Um, so speaking of sustainability, um, can you tell us a little bit about some of those sustainability initiatives that you do with the winery? Yes. So our vineyard, we are a no-till vineyard, which means we do not till in between our rows. That is a big practice that happens out here in the county and even up in Quebec. A lot of people will bury their vines. So they will till the middle of their rows and then they throw the dirt up to bury their vines and protect them from winter damage. Mm -hmm. What that does is you are just degrading the topsoil. You're disturbing the microbes that are in the soil. You're, you know, you're really destroying that environment for the vines to hold on to nutrients and water. So we don't do that. In between our rows are cover crops that we reseed every year. And the amount depends on what we need to fill in. Our two biggest cover crops are clover, which fixes nitrogen to the soil and makes it easy for the vines to take up. And then we plant daikon radishes, which help us uh, combat our compaction in the soil because we do have a bit of clay here. Because we don't bury our vines, we cover them with geotextiles, which is like a geothermal blanket that goes on top of the vines and protects them in the cold weather rather than us disturbing our soil. Last year, when it got to negative 30 degrees Celsius, underneath the blanket, it was negative 15. Save our crop from (laughs) devastation. Those are really cool. And I'm happy that we don't have to till in between our rows. So we do spray mostly, well, all organic. We manage our vineyard floor and our weeds mechanically by a grape hoe and a finger weeder. So we don't spray any herbicides right underneath the vines to kind of kill those. We just scrape them up. We essentially just weed down our rows. That is also, you're disturbing the soil, kind of contradicting what I just said. So we are looking to move towards doing full cover crops underneath our rows and just kind of mowing it. But for right now, this is a a long process to get to being fully sustainable. And can those types of practices be reproduced in any type of a garden? It doesn't necessarily have to be vineyards. Like we can use those types of things in our garden, for example. Yeah, for sure. I studied permaculture, so a lot a lot about permaculture is not tilling your soil and, and planting cover crops and things that work together. Companion planting is also something I'm really interested in and I think is really cool. So I planted a bunch of geraniums around the vineyard, and that's supposed to mitigate our leaf hoppers. So it works well with the vines. There's things like sunflowers and cucumbers you can plant together and have the cucumber, you know go up the sunflower. There's a lot of cool companion planting techniques that can be implemented. And it's all about just like mimicking the natural environment and having planting things near each other that work really well together. So then when it gets to the wine making process, and you just talk a little bit about that, maybe just in general, if there are any sustainability efforts around that, I'd love to hear a little bit about that process. Yep, for sure. So all of our wines come from natural fermentation. So what that means is that it is um, inoculated just with the natural yeast that is on the grape skins in the vineyard, and then whatever yeast is growing in our cellar. Conventional winemaking, you would buy yeast. That's how you inoculate your wine. We don't do that. We let the natural process happen on its own. We don't manipulate anything. So what you're getting is a direct reflection of the vintage and how we grew the grapes and what the weather was like, what the soil was like. So that is a big part of our sustainability initiative, just not buying additives, not changing what nature intended. Another thing we do is we take the pressed grapes, we make something called paquette. So you take the pressed grapes and put fresh juice into a tank. We take the uh, grape pumice, 
which is your skins and whatever is left in the press. We put that in another vat and we add water to it and we let that ferment again. So instead of creating more waste, we're actually making another beverage out of our waste. Comes in at like a 5% alcoholic beverage and it's super light and fun. I planted a perennial garden here. So we're taking things from that garden like rhubarb, rhubarb, blueberries, raspberries, thyme, um, and infusing those tickets with that. Also, after the grapes are pressed, I have started a compost system here. So everything is getting taken out into the vineyard and we are composting it. And then that'll go back into the vineyard to create a closed loop system. That's what we're trying to achieve here as well. So, and you know, in our culinary labs, we we take all of the vegetable and the fruit scraps and we do the same thing. We feed it back into the garden to try to help that closed loop process happen here. We got to do it. Soil, building soil is the most important thing we can do for our environment. Big agriculture and monoculture is really destroying our soil systems and we have to do the best we can to build that soil again you know sometimes it's just starting small it can be very overwhelming especially when we talk about the un sustainable development goals there's 17 they're very lofty um but sometimes it's a matter of just you know just try something one thing and then grow upon it from there just get started exactly. for sure it's like all these little baby steps that'll eventually turn into something you said in terms of employees, it's just the two of you. Is that correct? I was just going to talk about um, how you educate everybody in regards to the sustainable practices and winemaking and things like that. But I suppose, you know, if it, you're the main two, you probably both know your stuff pretty well. Yeah. And then when any other employee comes in, we have a sustainability training. So anybody who works in retail, that they can put that messaging out to our clientele who comes in. So everybody does have to go through, you know, health and safety, all those things, and then also a sustainability training. I have set up a kitchen compost system as well, so they need to know about that and what goes in there, what doesn't. We also heavily sort our recycling, which is another thing I've really implemented here. So that's another thing that new employees would have to know. And it makes it more of a holistic experience. You're not just doing those sustainability efforts out in the fields, but actually right back in your own office. For sure. I mean, a lot of sustainability comes from community, right? And so mm-hmm. we all have to be together working towards one mission. And I think it's like super important that any employee who comes in here is educated on that and knows what our goal is. I agree with you on that. I think that that's really important. I feel like the more we talk about it, the more this messaging gets out. And I, I think too that the younger generation, you know, as they're coming up, they're learning so much more about this right from the very beginning, right? It's more of an important message now than ever before, which I think is great. Yeah, for sure. I feel like the younger generation definitely feels a more call to action. Looking toward the future, what other goals do you have in mind? Yeah, I would like to implement a rainwater catchment system. We have a few A-frame buildings here, so I just need to figure out how we're going to harness this and kind of divert it to the vineyard. I would also like to start doing some workshops here which i've done in the past maybe some gardening workshops some composting workshops also like i said before i started building a perennial garden so i'd like to expand that and maybe introduce some more native species to our property solar panels would be great another thing i'd like to look into is harnessing our energy and making that more efficient connecting with more organizations doing that community outreach is something that we need to work on we we need to uh, affiliate ourselves with people who are working towards the same goals right when we work together we get the message Absolutely. And there's that much more power behind it, right? You know, that's what I like to hope and and what we're trying to achieve even with this podcast is just to, you know, get it out as as much as we can, this message and and bring people together for partnerships and, and to help in this. Yeah, for sure.
Yeah, no, you're just, you're doing so many cool things. People need to know about it. Well, if there's anything we can do to help too, and you know, on our side of things, I mean, again, like this, the whole point of this is to grow partnerships and, and hopefully do outreach in some way or another. Don't know what that looks like right now, but we definitely need to stay in touch. hundred percent. Even having the students come down here for a field trip or something like that would be great. Oh, that would be amazing. Well, I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It was really great talking to you. I I learned a lot in these short 20 minutes. So thank you so much, Brooke. Thank you so much for having me.